Welcome to MIA 2K, your ticket from Miami to Seoul. We're Kathy and Laura, and we're so happy you could join us today. You probably know us from, just kidding, you don't know us yet. We're just two Miami girls with obsessive fandom tendencies who fell into the inescapable void of Korean entertainment. And we're here to share our insights and spill all the tea only grown fans like us can enjoy. We've done all the research and acclimating so you don't have to. Before we begin, please make sure you're following us wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And if you love visuals like us, you can watch us on our YouTube channel. We drop episodes with our hot and sunny takes every week. Hi, guys. Hello, hello. A few weeks ago, we hit you guys with all of the differences between Western and Eastern entertainment. And while we were doing the episode, we realized something beautiful. There are a lot of similarities between South Korean and Latin American content and cultures. That's right. And what better time than Hispanic Heritage Month to do a deep dive on all the parallels we've found so far. Also, we're still riding high on our cloud from being featured on Apple Podcasts on their collection called El Vecindario. So uh, let's get right into it and start finding some common ground. Yeah, vámonos. <laughs> So the whole point of the episode today is to talk about how we're really not different at the core. One of the biggest similarities or one of the most obvious similarities that we noticed with all of the Korean entertainment that we've consumed is a focus on appearance and visuals as Colombians, half Colombian, full Colombian. Colombians, and I think Venezuelans too, in that way. Yeah, the plastic surgery is thriving in that industry. Yeah. A lot of people assume that all Colombians have some sort of plastic surgery because it is so common. Sometimes people in Colombia would rather get plastic surgery over eating yep. because it's that important. In Korea, everyone is into good skin, being perpetually young. And we kind of also saw that growing up. For example, my mom would always tell me, if you're not wearing earrings, you really can't leave the house. The, the, the hair is the frame of the face. And you don't really see women, older women, wearing their natural hair. It would always be dyed because canas don't know them. So in that sense, we're very similar. One thing that we also noticed is just going to the grocery store going on an airplane, you always try to look your best. When we first came to the US, my mom was surprised, wanted to pass out when she went to um, the supermarket for the first time and she saw people in like pajamas. And she was like, ma'am, this is a public, like, <laughs> not your house. Shopping is supposed to be a pleasure, ma'am. <laughs> You're not pleasing my eyes right now. So it's very similar in that sense. With me coming from Venezuela, I can tell you that for a lot of girls, instead of having a quince or like the equivalent of the sweet 16 for 15 year olds, they would have a plastic surgery as their gift. Like they will get either a boob job or a nose job or anything like that. Like that was their 15th birthday gift. So yeah, uh, appearance and visual stuff in, in Latin America, I think especially in Colombia, Venezuela and Brazil, which are also countries that tend to make it to the top 10 in Miss Universe uh, <laughs> contest. There's a reason for that. And another point that we noticed, South Koreans are, tend to be 
weary about darkening, tanning, melanin in general. And that kind of happens in South America too. There's a whole thing about bettering your race by marrying someone who's a little bit lighter than you. So that's also a common thing that I've seen in just all of the entertainment that we've seen. The fact that a lot of our idols start a color, <laughs> start a certain color, and then by the time they're famous or more famous, they are completely different color, usually lighter. So that's also a commonality that I saw. It's I don't funny think that I've you ever- say that because today, literally, my mom had a friend over that came <laughs> to visit and she's. I think in her 60s, maybe, and she's Colombian, but she's lived here for years. And I was having lunch and I'm wearing biker shorts and she's looking at my legs and she goes, oh, my God, your legs are so pretty or so white. And I was like, I'm trying to get tan all the time. I, I, I feel like horrible that I don't look tan enough. And she's like, I'm so tan right now. This is not good. Like, it's very prevalent that people are trying always to look pale and white. Well, not people. I think a lot of women, younger women like to look tan because it's better for uh, looking skinnier and looking more toned. But in general, I think older people definitely want to look pale. But even younger people, it's a difference between being tanned and just being naturally dark. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 of course. Which is crazy that it's still prevalent in any society, but but look at these idols hiding from the sun yeah. whenever they're outside and trying to put on like 75 <laughs> layers of SPF. Literally, I I remember, is it Sugar who wears the long shorts, yeah. like the tights, the shorts and yeah. the long shirt? That's with my that. man. That's my man. <laughs> that, that TikTok, <laughs> is this your man? Yep, that's fine. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. I guess- Outside of just how you appear, like physically, there's also appearances of how you look socially. Oh, yeah. And I think at at least in all of the K-dramas that I've watched, it's a really big point in general Mm -hmm. on how you like your neighbors perceive you. It's way more important than literally anything else. Like El Que Diran really does exist in South Korea like it does in Latin America. Because everyone's more worried about what your neighbor is saying than how you're feeling and how you're doing yourself, you know? It's so toxic. It's so, so toxic. Super toxic. Like the ajumas walking around chismeciando, the same as like la viejita en el el barrio. Also talking and like whispering and like... And it's not even las viejitas. I can tell you, we've had some really frustrating conversations with a few of my aunts that are not old at all. And they're just like not living their lives or doing what they want because of what the people down the street will say. And there's a lot of that um, thing of they've lived in the same place their whole lives. So they can't imagine like, like it actually makes sense in a way that it it, uh, concerns them what people will say or think. But honestly, it's so ridiculous. It's like no one's living their lives because everyone's thinking about what the neighbor's gonna say. And I'm like, is a neighbor paying your bills? Like, who cares? Like, I don't, I don't think that's as big of a problem here in the U.S. as it is in Latin America, especially in smaller towns. Yeah, and I think South Korea is the same way. Like, it's the exact same way. What I've been thinking about recently is, and just from seeing a, a few K dramas here and there, and just uh, the shows in general. There's just a lot of weight put on 
how you portray yourself to the world and making sure that you're perfect. Like I think South Korea is they're about 30 years behind on woke culture. Like in America and in the West now, we're liking the raw, the unfiltered, show me your problems so I can relate to you and all those things. But the idols are supposed to have this perfect image and the actors are supposed right. to have this perfect image. So I think that's also going to fall apart as, you know, time passes and as more of the globalized eyes are on them because they'll just, you know, be just called to or forced to evolve. I was reading this webtoon about a, a, a woman who's talking about her struggles with food and weight. And it seems that there is a small amount of people that are trying to make the change now because mm -hmm. the whole webtoon was about her experience as a thicker person, as a bigger person and how that affected her whole life from her relationships with her parents to romantic relationships and how at the end she realized that it was not worth it. I think and you showed me this a few months ago. Yeah. And so she did like a modeling show or like a fashion show for normal sized people. And it was one of the first ones in Korea. So I think slowly it's getting there. And it's sprouting. That's how it started here as well right. on this side of the world. And then, you know, now it's more widespread yeah. body positivity and stuff, but there's still fights against it. So. Yeah. I mean, in South America, it's still very much sprouting. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, it's more advanced bit. here in the U.S. for sure. Yeah. And then one of the things that I've noticed, especially being from the coast in Colombia, is the importance of wearing brand name stuff. And I've noticed that in Korean culture, there's also that importance that it's given to brands. Even now... People will make a comment if your shirt is a certain brand or if it's not the right brand. Like my sister was telling me that um, her husband is the lawyer and he doesn't really care about clothes as long as it looks clean. And he was talking to one of his clients and he made a comment about the fact that his shirt wasn't the brand that it should be. So like instead of being a polo, like a Ralph Lauren polo, it was a Tommy Hilfiger one. So that wasn't good enough and so he made like a comment like it was a joke but like not really you know like yeah. it was like a little jab and so my poor brother-in-law was like oh shit do I actually have to like start caring about this so when he came over here for 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 a trip for a family trip they went shopping for the better better brand yeah because it definitely because makes a an impression or it makes people look at you in a different way especially in certain businesses so yeah I've, I genuinely have never cared about brands mostly because I'm very clumsy and I ruin shit so I don't want to spend a lot of money on something and then be sad that like I tore it to shreds so just give me whatever looks nice and is affordable so I don't have to suffer as much when I inevitably ruin it that's my take but I, I know that in Venezuela and Colombia and here in the States too, like whenever something from Supreme drops, you know, everyone's lining up for it. So yeah. there's also that. And remember when the Louis Vuitton bags were everything, like in the early 2000s that everyone had those like small bags at the mall. Yeah. And I think that's also a thing in South Korea, at least with yeah, the 100%. content that I've seen, the dramas that I've seen. Even and it works tunes. because they they have the artists like endorsing it and you see these things sell out so like the, yeah. the influencing 
works really well in South Korea. Like the influencing yeah. is influencing. The math is mathing over there with yeah. the brands and investing on having idols yeah. and actors be their, their spokespeople. And one last thing, I keep saying one last thing, but this one I actually spoke to um, one of our friends. We were having dinner with her and her boyfriend um, before a concert, and it occurred to me a little bit the similarities of the soju drinking culture and the aguardiente drinking culture in like specifically Medellin, where people treat aguardiente like they treat soju in the sense of like it's basically just water and it's available for everything regardless of economic status and it is drunk morning middle of the day and at nighttime and also the whole drinking in front of like in colombia it would be tiendas like shops like convenience stores yeah and then in korea it's convenience stores you well, see well i was it, reading that the in korea you can walk around with open containers it's not illegal like it is here so like in seoul yeah. people just walk out of the convenience store with their bottles and they you know you can go to hung river walk around with your open container and you're chilling so it's great yeah yeah but the specifically the drinking right in front of convenience stores seed in it every single web drama every mm -hmm. single webtoon every single k-drama and it happens a lot in south american countries too yeah where it becomes like a hangout a thing to do yeah it's like the, the place where the husbands go when they want to get away from their wives is down the street they go with the excuse to buy bread and cheese for the next day And then three hours later, they come back drunk because they were hanging out with Juanito and st stayed a little bit longer than they had to for looking for the <laughs> bread and cheese. So another element that we found some common ground between was with the TV humor. And we're talking about specifically like morning shows, variety shows, things that are meant to entertain people. And I know and I've seen that there's a fair amount of intellectual shows where they go deep into really asking questions that make people think and intrigue them stuff. But the majority of the variety shows, I would say like, just like the morning shows have this like base level humor where people just want to like maybe dress up like a gag or have like a little bit of drag cross-dressing situations going on, dressing like babies or little kids and acting like, you know, a kid throwing a tantrum. There's a lot of like that base level humor with like low hanging fruit jokes. And it's just for people to like unwind and just like, while you're cooking, you just have the show in the background, that, that type of thing. I feel like the shows that I've seen, not that I watch a lot of variety shows or, or morning shows in America, but the shows that I've seen here in the U.S., have a little bit more of like uh, let's talk about the news and let's talk about yeah. the happenings and let's be analytical about these things but with in latin america and in south korea it seems like they're like let's really differentiate this is entertainment time we're not going to talk about the world we're not going to talk about important things we're only gonna go look at this grown man dressed in a diaper and go for like fastest joke that they can find i think that's something that I've seen across the board. I might be wrong because, of course, I have not seen all of Korean TV. And again, I do know that there is a lot of shows that cater to the intellectuals and cater to those more developed jokes. There's something for that crowd as well. But it seems like the base level of humor is very low for those variety shows and 
morning shows and stuff like that. It's like that one show where the idols go and the two grandparents. But it, yes. Yeah. I feel like I've seen something similar in South America. Well, I mean, El Chavo where, is like, it's like the well, yeah, funniest. No, but like where they like interview yeah. people in a certain character. Yeah. I mean, well, Sábados Felices on Saturdays in Colombia, that's, that's a true. show where like the, the comedians take on a character and then they speak with the hosts in character. And it's very like method acting, but you know, not the right method of the acting or the right <laughs> embodiment of the actor you would want to see. But yeah, Salos Felices totally has that vibe. The only thing is I I don't, I mean, I don't, I'm not very familiar with South American entertainment right now. So I right. don't know if there's like a show okay. like that one with the grandparents that is just like, yeah, they yeah, run yeah. the show. Actually, yes. Is it, what is it called? My mom knows the name of the show. Knowing that, yes, those shows exist. So you're hundred percent right. It's just like the, the show. And if you guys don't know what we're talking about, uh, we'll try to add something in the description, like a link so you can see it. But it's a, it's a show where two comedians that are probably in their forties dress up with a wig and glasses to look like their grandparents and the idols go like a, an idol group goes and they call them grandma and grandpa. And then they play games. And then, you know, the goal at the end is to be able to promote their song that they're doing the comeback for and they're doing the appearance on the show for. And it's just, you know, very like, oh, that's cute. The grandma and the grandpa and they're very good comedians. So they make really funny jokes and everyone has a good time. And it's just like a light show that no one, you know, you don't have to put your thinking cap on. You can just like watch, relax, laugh if it's funny, not laugh if it's not funny. Enjoy the idols. And it's just, it makes it friendly for literally anyone in the family. So we we know of shows like that as well in Latin America. And I watch I've watched a lot of those episodes because it's exactly what Kathy said. It's stupid, and it it's the same formula over and over. And sometimes I find comfort in that. Okay, so I just confirmed it with my mom. It's called the Suso Show. <laughs> the guy's name is Suso, and he's in character, and it's terrible to be honest. I'm not a fan but um yeah it's it's kind of that thing like he's in he's in character he says stupid shit and he interviews people and it has a three star rating no 6.4 out of 10 stars (laughs) on imdb so i'm not the only one who doesn't like it but people watch it people watch it he's he's he looks so bad i will include an image he looks terrible so yeah the suso show don't watch it but (laughs) it has the vibes it's a, it fits the vibe check for the Korean TV humor stuff that we see. <laughs> the third point that we wanted to mention is that Asia and Latin America, at least the countries that we're familiar with, have a common ingredient that must be found at every single meal, at least like the big ones of the day, and that is rice. In Asia, we've seen in South Korean content that they have actual heavy salty foods for breakfast as well which is not as common in Latin America. But like, aside from that, I think my, I've heard my mom my whole life say, if there's no rice on the plate, it's not a meal. So right. we've seen the appearance of rice in every single household in Venezuela and Colombia, at least. It's not necessarily something that we'll see in every Latin American country present at every meal, but at least in Colombia and, and Venezuela, it very much is. The only difference I think we've found so far is that I see like idols, like when Rosie was getting ready for the Met Gala, she was like, I need rice. If I don't have rice, I didn't have a meal. 
And I'm like, this really skinny girl eating rice is so weird to me because in Latin America, whenever you have to go on a diet, the first thing that goes is the rice. The rice is considered a heavy, complex carb because it's usually white. I don't think a lot of people like brown rice in Latin America. So yeah, the white rice is one of the first things to go in a diet, but it looks like in Asia, they still eat it even if they're dieting or just regardless, like it's something that it does it's not seen as a fattening thing. Uh, well, in South America, or at least where we're from, we also make it with oil and salt, which yeah. might be why it's not probably the healthy, healthiest thing. You know what it, that reminded me of? You know, in the soup yeah. where V makes that rice thingy yeah that he makes it with sugar and water in the in the pan right. as like a as a crunchy morning thing right. yeah in 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 colombia it's called cucayo or at least in barranquilla it's called cucayo but we don't really make it sweet it's just when you cook the rice you make sure that it stays on low low heat for a while so the like the right. cucayo is a byproduct of making rice in a specific but it's, way but it's only because we're using a cauldron and they're using a rice cooker. You're not going to get cucayo from a rice cooker. So if they were using... Cucayo. Cucayo. If they made rice in a cauldron, in a... Oh my God, I forgot the word in Spanish. Caldero. In un caldero, it would make cucayo. Very on, big but... deal. It depends on the person. I hate cucayo. My mom and my grandma will literally fight each other for like the hardest pieces of rice that are in the cauldron. The more, the harder and the more burnt, the more they want it. And like, I have sensitive teeth. So like, I want nothing to do with crunch. I want like a few days ago, my mom gave me rice with some cucayo and I was literally looking at her like, ew, like you should, you, you know that I only do the soft beautiful fluffy rice why is this hard shit in here because i i don't do i don't do crunchy so it just it it i know in in the coast of colombia cucayo is like el pan nuestro de cada dia like huge deal in my family we fight for it the more important member based on age usually gets the golden golden perfectly golden cucayo the younger ones or the ones that are feeling like they can endure and take one for the team, get the ones that's a little bit more burnt. But it is always a fighting point, always a fighting point because everybody wants it. We fight for it. I used to have that as a meal. Like my mom would make rice for lunch. And when I would go home from work, what I would have is the cucayo with ketchup. Oh, yeah. I have rice with ketchup all the time. Yeah. My mom so also good. doesn't cook dinner. She only cooks once a day. It's so good. Yeah. That was my whole meal. <laughs> I just don't like the crunchy, but I, I would I would have rice with ketchup and mayonnaise all the time or rice with um, eggs or oh, yeah. uh, rice with cheese. Rice yeah. with anything just hits the spot. But, you know, for me, fluffy, soft rice, not the crunchy cucayo from the bottom of the cauldron. Yeah. <laughs> Good for you. I'm glad your teeth can sustain it. Mine can't. Moving on. (laughs) Recently, I don't know if it was Kathy who sent it to me or I saw it on my own TikTok account where it was a video of a Latin American boy band from like the 80s. I sent it to you because I sent it to a bunch of people. Yeah. And I was like, I want I don't want to hear anything about me liking K-pop dudes after you've seen this. 
because if you guys see the video it is literally idols <laughs> like the flashy outfits the synchronized dancing like in 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 south america people are still not super woke right so when a male presents or has how do you say that wearing makeup and just presents like a little bit more feminine what kathy said it's looked down upon it's like oh my god what is this that video that so for those of you who don't know there's a band called menudo which became really popular in the 1970s 1980s and you might not have heard of menudo but you probably definitely have heard of ricky martin or Ricky Martin. So Ricky Martin started out in Menudo and that's where he became popular as a in a Puerto Rican band and then he became a solo artist after that. So a lot of what I grew up on was my mom gushing about how Menudo was like the hottest thing ever. But I you know in the 90s I there was like no YouTube and no nothing so I just heard about Menudo. I didn't really know like what it was about but more recently there's been all these tiktoks going around of you know us getting judged as fans of k-pop because they're wearing makeup and tight clothes and then you look at the clips from manulo and mama hello i definitely didn't pick it up from the floor y'all also like this shit back in the day like in your version of it which was way less aesthetically pleasing pleasing to anyone juan gabriel hello my grandma my grandma liking juan gabriel that was like her entire personality for years. So yeah, there's aside from Menudo for the Latin countries, obviously the more wide known were bands like Kiss, which were, even though they were like heavy metal and like intense with their manly stuff, they wore a lot of makeup and they wore very tight spandex like clothes. And then there's, you know, there's David Bowie, there's Mick Jagger, there's Queen. So, you know, there was a lot of, flamboyancy going around and women were all about it both in latin america and here in the states so i don't know why they're hating on us like in k-pop because they did it first they need to stop with the judgment and just join in the fun you know like it's a good ass time and i don't want to be that girl but like all of these guys were are way more talented than any of those idols back in the day hello like you watch an episode of like any korean variety show most of them can paint. A lot of them can do like martial arts and some kind of like excel in sports. They're very talented making music, singing, dancing, very high octane and intense choreos. Menudo has nothing on K-pop. I'm sorry. <laughs> and that's what we should tell our mothers. Yeah. And then finally, Kathy made a good point comparing trot, which would be like the Korean traditional pop music would be mm. trot, right? And in South America, especially Colombia, there's Vallenato. And it has the same vibes, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah. It has the same vibes. It has the same... The music sounds very different, but the vibes are there. Like, just in the way that the... I guess now the the younger people that sing Vallenato dress, I guess, a little bit more modern. But at least the ones that our parents grew up with, and I guess in turn us too, they had this very particular way of dressing up that was just sus in the case of venezuela i wouldn't say that this was pop but our national music our national traditional music is called joropo so yeah trot joropo and vallenato being like our national exports just makes sense like it's not super popular 
but it's our export and it's the music that we're proud of on a national level. And then it doesn't go anywhere from there. Like it doesn't leave the country. No one cares about it outside. It's very niche. And it's mostly sappy, romantic songs. Yep. With like, I always say that like, you just, well, it doesn't apply to this, but... When you listen to Vallenato, you just get hot. Like you feel like you're in like some humid ass place and you're just wanting to maybe grab a beer because like it's just it's a vibe. I used to hate Vallenato and I used to say that like it was drunk, heartbroken man music. Like I could just envision the man drunk as fuck on Aguardiente Antioqueño or Romedellin or Old Par, right? It's mm-hmm. either one of those three bottles on hand or maybe a lot of Aguilas if he's and just dancing either like by himself embarrassing himself like at some place listening to Ayanato at five in the morning because of his wife or girlfriend that left him or just like, I don't know, but at this point I know that Vallenato is just like, you just listen to it all day, every day and at home yeah. it's just, it's, it is what and it it's, is. It's repetitive somehow it's the same sound but the songs sound like are different bass. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, I mean with accordion being the 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 instrument every true. vallenato has to have accordion so it's always going to sound yeah. somewhat similar. similar. And and also with the singing you have to sing it in a specific manner. Cadence. Yeah. Yes, which from what I understand trot music is the same. Mm-hmm. It's about singing it in a specific way and that kind of stuff which vallenato is basically the same like if you don't have this one particular type of voice it's something about the intonation (laughs) and yes the type of voice like there's only certain artists that are like that have that like crying voice that just like <laughs> digs and 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 the ones that don't have that and eh, it's like people that have made it in country really big is because they have that that twang. specific type of southern twang exactly yeah That's yeah it. yeah yeah but yeah it's like a it's like a certain type of voice by is very nasal mm-hmm. it's just it's the vibe guys the vibe is. is very very similar very very similar we all sort of hate it a little bit but at the same time we don't and like you will catch us singing to it and somehow we know them all and we don't really want to but we do and we sort of want to sometimes when we're drunk so it's just it's a vibe and it feels like it's like that with the idols too. Like, you know, as yeah. much as they make pop, like uh, hot people music now, <laughs> if they're doing some variety show and like an old trot or famous romantic tune comes on, everybody knows it. So same difference. We don't want to, but we know it and we kind of like it. Great. And then the last point here to really close our episode is because we like to insert ourselves into everything. <laughs> Because as you guys well know, at this point, we live in Miami, even though we both were raised and in Latin America. So I find some sort of comfort, even though there's a 13 to 14 hour difference between Miami and South Korea, I find a little bit of just like connection, because we're kind of on the same level when you look at the globe in terms of like, I don't know if it's latitude or longitude. I failed geography. We I was really? telling Laura the other day. It's it's close. It's not the same, but it's close. And then both Florida and South Korea are peninsulas. So that means we're like protruding land. And it just, it they kind of look-ish similar. Not the same. It's not, it's not exactly like Florida looks like a gun. And South Korea obviously is cut off uh, from the land because North Korea has a connection to it at the top. But the kind of shape of the peninsula is kind of reminiscent of each other so for us Miami people finding that common ground with looking kind of similar and on on similar levels with South Korea it just feels like maybe we're not that different and even though the the weather is significantly different in the winter and we don't have winter in our side it just 
I don't know. It'll it'll just feel like home, I guess. I don't know what to say. Surrounded it's, by water on all sides. Because they're on the same latitude as TC. Latitude. Soulless. There you go. There you go. But just not that far off. Yeah, that's what I was saying. It's it's not the same, same. It's just not that far off. So that's why we feel automatically connected and magnetized. The pool is there. Typhoons and hurricanes is another thing. There you go. Struggle. Anyway, with that, we would like to say thank you so much for listening, watching. Please check us out on Apple Podcasts under El Vecindario, more specifically, Con Mi Gente. We're really excited because we just hit 500 followers on Instagram. So as a thank you to everyone who has so graciously followed us and stuck with us to enjoy our content, we're running a small giveaway and we are gifting one lucky follower with a multi-fandom lightstick lanyard. And y'all don't understand how useful this thing is until you start dropping your lightstick at events and it, that hurts your heart. And then you're like, I need a solution. So on our Instagram, we have the giveaway post is pinned <laughs> to our feed. So you'll see it as soon as you go and check out at MIA2K podcast on Instagram. Look at the post and follow the instructions, which I think I are on the second slide of the post. So it's just make sure you're following us, like the post, and tag three friends. It's super simple. And Laura also posted something on our stories of her wearing the shit out of that lanyard for multiple concerts. Guys, <laughs> it's it life changing. It has changed my life. Yeah. Because when we say lanyard for your light sticks, it literally means where you're carrying your light sticks on a lanyard. I've yeah. used it with three different light sticks, all very different widths, mm -hmm. and they are perfect. I can take pictures, jump up and down, and that thing is still there safely close to my body and not on the ground. Yeah, so listen, I'll, I'll tell you my experience so you guys can understand why we're pushing so hard on this little giveaway because I don't think people understand how big of a life change this is but okay uh ptdla we went both days in november both days some dumb bitch working security made me drop my light stick my, my army bomb because the thing is now nowadays most venues have a limit on bags uh the size mm -hmm. of the bag and maybe you have to wear a clear bag and these light sticks are pretty big so if if they fit the bag like within the dimension restrictions that the venue gives then you can't fit anything else in your bag. So you're kind of fucked the rest of the night. So you, if you don't have a bag or if the bag is too small, having the light stick just on your wrist is also not the safest because you can still bump it into things. And once you, you know, you need your hand to record, to eat, to drink, to buy things, to check your credit card, to go to the bathroom, whatever. So if you have it hanging from your wrist, it's probably going to bang itself up against a lot of different surfaces and you might scratch it up. So the lanyard really fixes that problem because, and you'll see if you check out our Instagram stories, Laura has worn it as like a crossbody. She wears it as like a, a regular purse hanging from her arm. She puts it all around her neck, like a, like a, I don't know, a dad at Disney. So there's multiple ways that you can wear it depending on the moment. And then, you know, once you're ready to swing it around at the concert, then you figure out how to like do it, but you can still do it while it's hanging on your neck. So it's, our way of saying thank you and it means a lot to us so that's why we're giving it to you we make sure mm -hmm. that we got the multi-fandom one which means you can use it with absolutely any light stick just go to our instagram participate and best of luck the in, the giveaway is open until september 30th and we're gonna draw the winner on october 1st and we're gonna post it on our stories and laura just got really excited and came to show you guys the lanyard so if you're watching enjoy her smiling 
and, and showing the shit out of the lanyard like a model on the prices right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally obsessed with this thing. <laughs> I can't help it. And with that, we are officially ending our episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it and saw all the similarities between Latin America and South Korea the way that we saw them. If you saw any more on your own that you want to share, please feel free to leave a comment on our YouTube, answer our Spotify polls, or go to any of our social networks. I'm dying to talk to people on Twitter. So come talk to me at MI2K Podcast as well on Twitter. And yeah, just thank you. Thank Goodbye. you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the MI2K Podcast. We have lots of great content coming up ahead. So please don't forget to follow and subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you enjoyed our episodes, please rate us five stars. And for the real-time tea, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook by searching for at MIA2K Podcast. Dale! Bye!